Welcome back to our Summit Point series, our series of episodes focused on information from the Behavioral Health Authority in Calhoun County, Michigan. I'm Richard Pyatt. Today, we're talking about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and trying to educate a bit about that. Dennis Owens is a clinician at Summit Point and joins us today to talk about that. Hello, Dennis. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for this opportunity. I think folks have the benefit of of uh, hearing the the letters PTSD or or hearing post traumatic stress, but I don't really know if if all of us understand what that is. What really is it, Dennis? Well, you know, Rich, post traumatic stress disorder, uh, commonly known as PTSD, is a mental health condition that is triggered by a terrifying event, either experiencing or witnessing it. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, severe anxiety, and uncontrollable thoughts about the event. And, you know, most people go through this traumatic event and have temporary difficulties adjusting to it and coping with it. And some people have long-lasting effects that could last months or even years. And it can interfere with your day-to-day functioning, um, henceforth PTSD. You know, getting treatment for PTSD can be critical to reduce symptoms and improve functioning. Well, that's really interesting what you said. It may manifest temporarily. It may manifest longer than that. Is it a sure thing, would you say, that someone who's experienced a traumatic event will have some form of PTSD? That is correct. You know, um, we all adjust to different things differently. And the most important thing about PTSD is, is one, the the proper diagnosis, because we do have diagnoses that are two-tiered. We call those co-occurring disorders. You could have someone could have anxiety and depression and uh, coupled along with that, some alcohol abuse or some other drug abuse. Well, that makes sense. Coping mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just learning how to feel better about yourself, learning how to navigate, you know, the difficulties that you've had in your life and being able to, you know, manifest and see something positive out of uh, something that's terrible. I'm reminded of someone Um, whom I know who had a a traumatic event as a teenager, but it really didn't manifest to an extent that it was diagnosed until this person was was, uh, in their late 40s. So sometimes you're right, the diagnosis doesn't come right away and we don't know what this is. That's why it's really important, you know, to have the the proper diagnosis and, and the proper treatment modality as well. You know, often when I see people who have PTSD, I use a combination of reality therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. And in that therapy, it's talk therapy. You know, it's it's positive ways of thinking, identifying, you know, uh, irrational thought content, um, uh, exploring negative beliefs about yourself and the event that happened and, and trying to foster a, a new way of thinking to disrupt those patterns and 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 help you get on the track of, oh, if I feel better about myself, I'm going to feel better about the outcomes. That's just so, one of the therapies. There's several other therapies too, Rich. Um, okay. Exposure therapy, that's also helpful as well. Certainly, if you're trying to arrive at a diagnosis, that is to say, as a professional, you're you're meeting a person, they have some issues you're trying to understand. So as you navigate this, you have to figure out is it PTSD or not, I presume, right? That's correct. 
And usually they will give you some examples of, of things that they've, that they've dealt with. You know, uh, one in particular that stands out, you know, car accidents are very traumatic for people. Car accidents, driving in the wintertime, incidents where people will hear a gunshot or a shot. And so, you know, it varies from individual and with regards to the triggers, but it's it's basically the same thing. They're reliving that event or that serious episode that's happened in their life. And so I think what you've, you've alluded to is that someone might come to you, as you said, maybe uh, illustrating some kinds of coping mechanisms that aren't productive or they're depressed, and they may not have associated an event that took place in the past as one that's now caused them to feel the way they feel. Is that true? That is correct. And it's helping them, you know, address their thinking, address the symptoms and, you know, learning coping mechanisms that are going to work best for them. And, you know, of course, avoiding alcohol and drugs that can contribute to some of the symptoms that they're, they're exacerbating. Right. So if there are alcohol and drug issues associated with this, is that that's an extra complication or an extra approach that you have to consider dealing with? Yeah, I think you have to you have to rule out everything. And, you know, those are the things that I ask, you know, what type of, you know, are you using to cope with it? Uh, Because, you know, alcohol and drugs are just a a numbing effect that have on people and they think they're dealing with it, but they're not really coping with the, the triggering event whether it be a death in a family, a car accident, and you know, and people people hold on to grief a lot different than you and I would. What should the expectation be? Let's suppose someone comes to you, it ends up being a PTSD diagnosis. They have, with your help, identified a, a path of, of therapy to address that issue. What does the other side of this look like? Are they're able to deal with the ramifications of that traumatic event and move on? Or is this something that they work with for a a longer period of time? You know, Rich, that's a great question. You know, I think it depends on the individual. You know, on the flip side of that, you know, there are other medications that are available to help with antidepressants you know, anti-anxiety medication that could go along with helping them. You know, the, the most important thing is, is building effective coping skills that are going to help with identifying those triggers, you know, and once again, putting in place coping skills that actually work and that work for the client. Our treatment plans are person-centered, and we're going to do what is best for the client and within what they want to get completed with regards to uh you know, medications, you know, sometimes people respond well to group therapy and some people respond better to individual therapy, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, perhaps uh, the old strength and numbers uh, adage, the notion that others who are struggling similarly can provide support to each other and maybe in some cases not. That's true. You know, and I think the most important thing is once again, when we are meeting with the clients, you know, to follow your treatment plan. You know, I try to educate people about the PTSD and, and, and things that you can do to take care of yourself. Uh, the most important thing is, you know, not to self-medicate and, and to learn to break that cycle of anxiousness, you know, where you can refocus. The goal is to help people stay connected. And so you can have a positive thought about spending time with your family and or working through some of the difficulties. And, you know, family plays a big, important aspect in people being able to recover or to adjust to it. I feel like we really have advanced quite a bit in the last 15 or so years as it relates to just the awareness about this 
I think sometimes in the past it was, you know, get over it kind of thing. This has been tremendous advancement, hasn't it? That is correct. I mean, look what we've been through in the last few years with the pandemic and, you know, just working around that. You see a lot of people that have experienced a lot of PTSD, not being able to do things or or not being able to go about their day-to-day activities. You know, it's kind of changed things. So we talked about the idea that uh, some folks might not realize this is PTSD they're dealing with. Do you meet folks who who figure it's PTSD, but just haven't taken the steps to to try and address it. I think sometimes we, some people believe in the labels that they have, you know, until they've been properly diagnosed. And, you know, that's why we leave it to the hands of the experts per se, the psychiatrists and the doctors to kind of determine that. But we do have a, a say in, in identifying what we may believe might be the cause to the PTSD. You know, my thing is to really educate people on the definition of PTSD. And it's okay to have a disability or a mental condition, but there's also the positive aspects of being able to work through that and work through the anger or the irritability or the withdrawn or, or the depression that you may have and, and put a positive spin on, on helping people understand that, you know, you can recognize it, you can treat it, but you can still move on and, and move on with your life as well. Well, that's a, a terrific point. If someone's listening to this, and has been reticent to step forward to try to understand what's happening and a, and a path to deal with it. What you're saying is there really is, uh, I'd want to say a, a complete solution, but there really is a, a other side to this that helps them move on. You know, it's a positive mindset. We all will endure problems in our life. And some are sustained and some of them are short term. But I think it's being able to actually problem solve for the person, but also give them the skills that they need to feel better about themselves or to come to grips what what has happened in the past. We call that uh, radical acceptance, being able to accept things that are not good, that don't make you feel good. But in the end, it won't kill you. You know, you just have to adjust to it. And this is one of the diagnoses, you know, PTSD that people deal with. And, you know, like I said, it it varies from individual. Some people can deal with it in the short term and some people just have the long lasting effects of it. But, you know, once again, it's being able to, to help them recognize it. The most important, I think, thing as a therapist is to be able to listen to people. We have our own perceptions of what we think it may be or what, how you would handle the problem, but being able to listen, to offer suggestions, and to put a bright side on 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 something that that could be dark and be helpful. Well, if we've uh, sparked some thinking in your mind about perhaps stepping forward and asking Summit Point for assistance, you can do that. Click through. The link is in the show notes for more information. I suppose if someone really wants to, Dennis, they could come down to First Step and, and walk right in, right? That is correct. You know, our First Step is available. We're 24-7. We can walk in and get situated and, you know, get the process started to, to come get some help. We have a lot of good clinicians here that are invested in helping people. We want to do our part as a community partner to engage our community, to help our community, but also to, to educate, whether it be PTSD or, you know, anxiety, depression. That's what we're here for and that's what we want to do. All right. And if uh, walking right in is what you'd like to do, just go to 175 College Street and the clinicians and experts at First Step are ready to help. 
Dennis Owens, Clinician, Summit Point. Thank you. Thank you, Rich, for having me. It's been a pleasure. 